Hello, everyone. Welcome to a quarterly episode of uh, Cricket with an Accent. Uh, we did one back in March, and uh, Anand is missing this time. You know me, Saqib. I do a tennis podcast. Some of you may have actually heard it. And uh, Ahmed is back. Uh, he was part of the first podcast, originally from Bangalore, now actually visiting his hometown, Bangalore. And just for a minor introduction, his favorite player is Kapil Dev. And uh, uh, we have a new entrant this time, Sharon. He's in Delhi. And uh, he'll be also giving his opinions on the current hot topic. Welcome, guys. Hi, thank you. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for having us, Sakil. No, no, no problem. I know, say, 30, you guys probably having your you know, morning uh, chai and Ahmed probably, I don't know if you're fasting. Uh, so it's, mid, uh, it's close to midnight in the U.S. So I'm sure you all know the big news. Uh, this wasn't a shock because uh, we were prepared, even though Kohli did a cameo that there is nothing wrong prior to Champions Trophy to keep the focus on cricket. But uh, Ahmed, my question to you is, uh, uh, even though this is not a shocking uh, development, uh, but is there enough uh, of a precedent of these kind of uh, situations where pretty much a captain has driven a senior, a very decorated player, uh, you know, out of, the, out of his job? I'm not. I'm not sure. First of all, I am quite appalled that a Bangalore boy, who's probably its most famous cricketer or most famous generation of cricketers, and Bangalore's produced quite a few of those, uh, was asked to step aside when he performed so well, both for country and for the team, in terms of reviving some careers, in terms of results, in terms of outcomes. So that's uh, appalling to me. But the other thing that comes to mind is, has there ever been a captain of any cricket team in any country, including Imran Khan for Pakistan, who has been this powerful to say, this is what I want. If I don't get it too bad, everyone else step aside. One thought I have is, is it because he senses that the board with all the committee of administrators and court-appointed people and everything else, uh, is weak and really no administration, uh, so to speak. So is the captain sensing that uh, there is weakness at the top and he can get away with this? Or is it just that the personality, the cult of personality has taken over uh, Indian cricket in such a big way that they will do anything to please this one man? Uh, either way, I don't know what it means for Indian cricket going forward, but I do know that uh, it is a big loss for Indian cricket. Uh, it's, a, it's a good point you raise, uh, especially about the personality, because when Kumble took over the reins, uh, I think up to the very first uh, test series in West Indies, he kind of uh, came out publicly and uh, basically on, uh, went against Kohli's popular uh, opinion that time that Pujara and the strike rate in test cricket, and he pretty much gave Pujara the much-needed lifeline. Rohit Sharma's injury came along, and then we all know how the domestic season unfolded, Pujara scoring heaps of runs and pretty much... Uh, the savior against Australia. So, Sharon, the same question to you. You think Kumble was being a tough taskmaster or it is just clash of egos and Kohli, you know, I know it's all about the players, so he just muscled his way and got his wish? Uh, I think actually there's precedent. Uh, in fact, if you look at Greg Chappell, I think that this was something similar. You had a bunch of senior players who were kind of unhappy with the coach and they successfully managed to get the coach out of the team. In, and, of course, there uh, it was a foreign coach. There there was evidence that Chapel was uh, 
kind of harsher on the players and not at all popular and did many more questionable things. But I think this is just a continuation of the uh, team and especially some senior members of the team bigger being bigger than the coach too. Uh, is that a good thing? I don't think at all. I think it's a terrible thing. I think that in 2017, we shouldn't be still stuck in the 2007 era. I mean, uh, Ganguly has a great story of how when the whole team would be practicing and running around, uh, doing laps off the ground, Sajid Anilka would be sitting by himself and shaving uh, his cricket bat with a blade. Uh, I mean, these were things that were allowed back then. I presume that we had now got to a stage when these things would no longer be allowed. I'm just shocked that... Uh, you know, Kohli could kind of do this. To As for Ahmed's point on the strength of the administration um, and that playing a part in how Kohli handled the whole thing, well, I'll put it this way. I don't think it was strategic on the part of Kohli. I don't think Kohli thought that the administration was weak and therefore he uh, kind of, you know, uh, tried to push Kumble out, sensing as an opportunity. I think it just worked in his favour. The fact that you have this uh, court meddling in the BCCI, you also have the committee of advisors uh, and everyone kind of saying different things. This kind of just worked in the favor of Kohli when he said, look, I don't want to do this. Uh, I don't want this man as my coach. One final thing on Kumble, I think that it's, uh, you know, it's kind of obvious that he's hurt. If you look at his message, he says it very clearly. That was the first time he had heard that there was a problem against him was when he met the BCCI. And that played a big role. I don't think we should underestimate the fact that he just felt hurt. And if, and I think it was childish, therefore, of Kohli to kind of not bring it up earlier. If, if Kumble heard it for the first time, that's ridiculous. You can sit down with your coach. I mean, uh, uh, Sharon, I mean, you make some interesting points. So, uh, Kumble is saying he heard it for the first time. It's kind of hard to believe because we all, as a nation and our cricket fans, heard it like three weeks before the Champions Trophy. And then Kohli came and said, no, no, these are all rumours. There's nothing. So, I'm sure if Kumble is not actually reading any newspapers or watching any channels, this was already out there. The cat was out of the bag. And uh, interesting comparison with Chapel. But the Chapel era, you know, he kind of changed the personnel in Indian team. Senior players were, you know, dropped to either, you know, fire them up or just bring in youth. And then it all ended with a bad World Cup exit. With Kumble and Kohli, it was a flyer. You know, it has one of the most successful home seasons. And thumping wins over England, New Zealand and Australia. So, that to me is even more alarming. Because, uh, fine, uh, Kumble here batted for Pujara, but Rohit Sharma was also injured. So, in a way, Ro- uh, Kohli didn't have to drop Rohit to make way for Pujara and India won. So, when India team is winning, then even though Kumble is a taskmaster, he, his contributions were valid. And even though I still think Rahul Dravid has never spoken a bad word about Greg Chappell, that's a very dark chapter that, you know goes against popular consensus. We leave it there. But at least the Chapel era ended with a loss. Kumble era ushered with a win. And this Champions Trophy, it was over before, you know, Sehwag's name was tossed around. So, Ahmed, what do you think? I mean, uh, what Sharon brings here, the two comparisons. You think, uh, are those are those fair comparisons with the Chapel era? Because Chapel- True, but there is also, I think, widespread discontent with the senior players. Because what Chapel was doing was very much against... Uh, the ethos of the Indian team, where the senior player has, quote-unquote, earned the right to do what they want. Uh, I did not know this uh, Sachin Tendulkar shaving the blade episode, but it speaks to the volume. Uh, that, uh, to, it speaks to the ethos of the senior players all along. You know, they don't carry their kits. They don't 
that they don't want to participate with the youngsters, etc., etc. Uh, so I think that is, yes, there, there's, I see a difference there, but I can, uh, I can see why the team gangs up against someone. But the other thing to remember here is that the results were fantastic, like you say, and uh, the team was doing really well. Uh, it, it came as a complete surprise when it did come up that there were different differences this deep. Um, and I think with with Greg Chappell, this was this was somebody who was an outsider. Here it is Kumble. He did not do anything. He did not ask of the players for anything more than he did himself as a player. He was the most hardworking cricketer ever in the Indian team till he came along. I don't think there was anyone who who, who would match him for the effort and. Uh, <coughs> For the preparation for any work. So he was asking of the players what he did himself. Uh, Greg Chappell was more an outsider. I mean, it, I, I don't know if that plays a factor. But I, I, I understand where Sharan's coming from. But I, I see there's a big difference uh, between the two scenarios. And Ahmed, when we spoke about uh, this incident of Kumble being appointed and uh, Dravid's name was tossed around by. Uh, BCCI that he it was his job to turn down and you I remember told us in, in our email discussions that Dravid was too smart to dodge this bullet. So you think Dravid saw this coming with uh, Kohli or he just uh, overall thought uh, this Kumble Shastri thing was too ugly anyway? How it started? I mean, that that's that's really I, I I was not a party to the conversation, but I was just guessing from the outside from the information I had. Uh, but I, I I do believe that. Uh, the setup at the time where you had, you know, these three committee members deciding who the coach is going to be in a very ad hoc, almost power play kind of manner, uh, did not augur well for whoever's going, who was going to be. Uh, I, I don't think uh, it was done in the right way. And I don't think the coach was told, hey, this is a job that you keep for a certain period of time. I don't think, uh, you know, uh, Shastri uh, not being interviewed and, uh, and that being an ugly episode, was helpful in any way. Uh, whatever the case, I did not expect that it was the captain who was going to turn against the, uh, the coach. So, Sharon, what do you think, uh, in your opinion, the names being tossed around? One is Sevag, and then, uh, of course, there could be uh, Moody. I don't know if Fleming is in the race. Uh, who do you think? I know it's uh, still pretty early, but who do you think is the likely man to succeed Kumle? I think Sanjay Bhagar actually may be uh, the stopgap arrangement because he's already worked with the team before and he's someone who uh, is non-intrusive, who kind of lingers in the background, no one really knows what he does and that's exactly the kind of coach that India has traditionally liked ever since Chapel. If you see uh, Kirsten and then to a lesser extent Fletcher, all these people kind of uh, are people who are completely out of the limelight and for whatever reason, the way the Indian cricket team is structured, those are the guys who... Uh, seem to kind of work best. A quick thing on uh, Kirsten as coach, actually. I remember uh, reading that when uh, in, uh, Kirsten said this when he was you know, retiring as coach, he, the, he came in, into a team that was very like uh, factitious. There were lots of problems in fighting and Sachin Tendulkar apparently just walked up to him and told Gary Kirsten that I just want you to be my friend. And I think that kind of tells you the kind of coach that a lot of Indian... Uh, players are happy with someone who is their friend, someone who kind of gives, gives gives them a little bit of advice from the back, and that's more or less what they want. They don't want people who want to shape a team. They don't think of coaches as people uh, uh, would think of coaches in football, for example. And I think that 
that's something that continue to continues to play a role i just think that we should kind of look at this uh, from a from a slightly longer term perspective and and given that uh, you know and, and one one other thing about like mildly tangential about kumble as a captain i don't think anyone had problems with his with him when he was a captain he was a captain for a year he didn't have the world's best results but he commanded a lot of respect so i'm actually very very surprised that now suddenly these crop of new uh, cricketers have such a big problem but uh, as for the next coach i think bangers the guy uh, who they'll go to for now but this is just a guess just to chime in sir one minute I, I think he makes uh, sir makes an interesting point but i would also like to chime in that you know once you felled kumble all the other coaches just have to fall in line and is that a good dynamic for the team once you uh, once you want to kumble once you felled kumble meaning uh, once you taken down someone who's so such a powerhouse felt- you know all the other coaches get yes. the message that if i can take down kumble you know you are yeah. nobody to me so you better listen to what yeah. i have to say yeah uh, i think that, that that you know whoever's going to come in and i don't think sevag will come in in fact i actually think that sevag's entire application was a joke you can't send i i think he didn't want to kind of rock the boat he didn't want to put his name in and he kind of you know just uh, sent in a one line uh, email without a cv as his application and i think that anyone who comes in is going to be is going to inherit a a a mess and that makes it all the more important for someone without a without a big ego and a, or not a ego per se but a big track record or a big uh, thing preceding him to kind of take over the mantle uh, but yeah but it's awful I, i just think it's a very poor precedent and i think that uh, the whole thing could have been handled better actually Look, uh, I, i'm curious sake what do you think of this uh, this this committee of advisors or whatever the three of the uh, batting legends honestly i i think it's a joke i think the only guy who's actually doing some work is ganguly because he's probably making his case probably to run bcci one day because he's you know already running the calcutta cricket board tendulkar i think you know again you know people probably will hate me for saying this i think after retirement he's a great great cricketer but i don't i don't see him as an admin kind of a guy so he's just all over the place and lakshman is there because dravid didn't want this so to me you know if you really want to you know be advisory ad hoc committee you, you you better run some boards you know better at least at domestic level they are great cricketers but great cricketers don't become great administrators you know it's it's a job and uh, going back to what you uh, the point you made regarding personalities i think it's all about personalities because you know ganguly it became ganguly versus chapel tendulkar was in the back and dravid was seen as chapel's ally and then when chapel went away dhoni pretty much did the same thing people accuse him of phasing out seniors but that's what i think we indians in the subcontinent you know we become too emotional dhoni pretty much did the same thing 2 years later so i always believe chapel was probably a stronger personality but chapel was preparing a team for future and chapel and dhoni could have been just just a gel because it it was in dravid's time when chapel kind of you know uh um, kind of not discovered dhoni but he he said in his book mm-hmm. i don't know if you read the book dhoni was one guy who was respectful of seniors but he was not afraid to give his opinions in team meetings and he spoke briefly but he when he spoke it kind of was very refreshing so i think it's always a personality clash kirsten would again you know depending on if he was coming in with dravid and uh, ganguly was going on who who knew or who knows what could have happened and same here kohli is wishing for a fletcher and dhoni kind of a relationship but kohli is a far combustible personality than dhoni kohli is not like dhoni so who to me it is a, you want a yes sir kind of a guy who is just like behind who is just giving you batting tips and then shastri came and shastri 
is again has made Indian cricket into a joke when he was a coach. You know, those rank turners were created, everybody's laughing at India and he comes out with uh, that, you know, he comes out with the notion that he didn't ask for these. Now, when he was sacked, he was such a bitter guy, he said, yeah, we asked for those wickets. So, you know, it's, it's such a vicious circle. You, you, you don't know who to trust. And I'm not questioning Shastri's acumen. I think I'm going in a different direction, but Shastri is the smartest guy. But at the same time, he's not a trustworthy guy to me. He'll just... He's the guy who comes to the crime scene and just, you know, with a fire extinguisher and he'll do whatever it takes to, you know, diffuse the scene. So, I think it's all about personalities. Chapel, as bad as he's made out to be, he probably would have been a perfect fit with Dhoni because I think their vision was very similar. That's that's how I think. Uh, you guys agree, disagree? Yeah, I think you make an interesting point about Chapel and personalities and how uh, it's always been about personalities and not about the vision. Um, I wonder how much of an institutional system the board is. When you think about it, even within the board, there's always been two very different areas of uh, power. Uh, if one side comes on, they have their people, they have their vision, they have their associations to take care of. And when the other side comes, they undo all of that and try a different vision. Yeah. Despite that, Indian cricket has done really well. I, I think it speaks to the popularity uh, that really was created by Dalmia, who was selling the sport. Uh, I, 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 was there a plan about this? I really don't know. Was the National Cricket uh, Academy uh, something that played into it? I don't know. Was MRF Pace Academy really the, uh, the, the uh, pilot for the National Cricket Academy? What, what brought it on? Possibly. But was the MRF Pace Academy something that the board had planned? No. So, when you think about how things have shaped up in Indian cricket, I don't think there was a real plan that you could put your finger to and say, here we go and it takes off from there. So, I think in, in a vacuum um, where the institutions don't play a part, personalities tend to be much larger uh, uh, players. Okay, so Sharon, let me ask you another question. Do a segue into, you know, this was a good preview of uh, the 50-over World Cup, which is only two years from now, also in England. So, if you're an Indian fan, are you concerned with Yuvraj Singh and Dhoni in the middle order? I mean, right now there are no complaints, but uh, uh, do you believe in the philosophy of building up now to, uh, for that World Cup? you think we should be bringing in some uh, fresh talent, at least to be part of the squad? I think Yuvraj is batting too high. I just don't see him being a, a number four. I, I didn't see him even before he got that 50 in the first game against Pakistan. I, I continue to believe that he, he's at best a number six because he comes in and, he, and I think he, he just functions well in that position where you come in and you whack. And you, you know, I don't see him as an innings builder or anything of that sort. On the other hand, with, uh, with uh, Dhoni, I'm not sure. I think that uh, you could try and push him up at four and then see what happens. Uh, we have Rishabh Pant waiting in the wings. He should get a few games. We have Karthik also, who's part of this current squad. But definitely, yeah, we should really think about this a little more. I also think uh, Kera Jadav should bat higher. If you want to play him for the World Cup squad, he can't be batting at 7. So, I think we, these are a bunch of things we should really think about before we go into the next, uh, you know, next season and stuff. And I also think the two spinners... Uh, I don't know. Uh, neither of them really bowled very well. Ashwin, I don't know what what has gotten into him. He kind of bowled negatively. He didn't look like he was going to take any wickets uh, flat. I don't know. Maybe I'm I, my you know I'm missing something. But 
uninspiring Ashwin for sure. So good thing that Kuldeep mm-hmm. Yadav is there. It's very good that he's playing in the West Indies tour. So same question to you, Amma. Uh, you think Yuvraj uh, does he have age and uh, enough cricket on his side? If maybe one bad season or out of form, and you think it's enough time to groom in someone else at number four for the World Cup? Even though it seems two years, but two years is not that far. At least having options is something they should consider. I don't know if they're looking so far ahead. Who is the person looking so far ahead? Is it the captain? Is it the board? Since we don't have a coach, what is the vision that the new coach has? Who are the people that the new coach picks? So I, I think since that settles down, I'm not sure what the strategy should be. Now, if I was that person making those decisions and having the responsibility to make the decisions, I would definitely at least get some 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 people who are promising, who can do a job, um, regardless of what batting position, you know, uh, who can do the job should get a chance to play against the West Indies, for instance. Why West Indies? You know, one, you rest your uh, most tired players, and two, you give them some experience with the team, so they they you throw them in, uh, they perform when they're expected to. Um, having said that, I think Pakistan is the only country who's ever shown that they can just throw somebody in and they perform in a big tournament, whether it's Inzamam in the World Cup in 92 or two, three kids uh, in this uh, Champions Trophy. Uh, I don't know if planning is a part of that or you just throw people and say, okay, I picked this person and I know they're going to do a job for me and get it done. I, I, I really don't know where that works. Yeah, okay. I mean, call me a bitter Rahul Dravid fan, but uh, I was told when Dravid was not part of the 2011 World Cup because the World Cup team was being built for, you know, home conditions and we were grooming Kohli and Raina and even Yusuf Pathan, you know, is a world champion and Rahul Dravid is not. So, to me, it's just a little unsettling, honestly, what Yuvraj is doing in this team. I mean, I was a big Yuvraj fan in uh, 2006 and he's had his run, but I just don't see Australia and England, there's a system in place when someone is kind of written off, you move ahead. And Yuvraj has got enough chances. And like Sharon said, his 15th Pakistan, to me, is not convincing that he's the way. Two years from now, when this team is being, again, in testy conditions in, you know, in England, and he if he's your middle order mainstay. He doesn't bowl anymore. That's a big, big loss. I mean, he used to, in the 2011 World Cup, he was a bowler also. He could get you five, six overs and tight overs and a couple of wickets. Yeah, he's not bowling. That also. Yeah. So, yeah, guys, before we wrap this up, uh, what do you make of the final loss to Pakistan? Is there something, you know, it's a one, it's one of a... You know, type loss in India is fine. That's what I believe. Or you think uh, uh, that's that loss could have a lim- lingering effect? Ahmed, I don't think it'll have any impact at all. I think that uh, it's a one-off thing. I think Pakistan's like a fantastic, uh, had a fantastic run and, and things just fell in place. Fakhar Zaman was fantastic throughout the tournament and he just came out of nowhere. And they had uh, Hassan Ali was bowling very well. Uh, Amir finally found his feet. We lost to a better team on the day. I don't think it'll have a long-term impact. Uh, uh, again, me too. I don't. I don't know if Pakistan itself believes that they're a better team after that. But I think they have a lot more belief. Uh, but having watched the game after a long time, I watched the live cricket game and almost watched the whole Pakistan inning. I couldn't help but think to myself: This is their day. There's no one who's going to come in their way. Everything they did came off. You know, whether it was a no ball for Fakhar Zaman's catch or, you know, the ball hitting the wicket and the bail not coming off when Mohamed Hafiz was batting. You name it. I mean, they had so many things that happened yeah. that just went their way. There was nothing that they could do wrong on that day. 
and on the other side, India just couldn't do anything right on that day. So, um, yeah, between those two things, it's really hard to say which, which, what went how. I think the biggest testimony to the fact that everything was going right was Mohammad Afiz coming in and scoring 57 of 37 when he usually scores 37 of 57. And I think that's like, uh, that clearly says something was completely uh, wrong for India and everything was right for Pakistan. And I think also, to me, this young Pakistani team, they don't have that kind of a scar tissue or the mental block that the Misbah, Yunus and that previous generation had. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. And I think that's the same cycle that India went through. And India used to lose to Pakistan when we were kids. And all of a sudden, this new generation of Yuvraj, Kaif and Sehwag and all these guys came. And they don't, they didn't know what losing to Pakistan meant. So, I think maybe Pakistan is having that moment. But I, I, I think there's still ways to go to compete at this level regularly. But, uh, yeah, good for them. They, you know, they got, got a win. But uh, I still think India is a much more complete side. Yeah, I agree with you. Alright guys, so thanks for joining in and uh, uh, we should maybe do this again. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, it Thank was you wonderful talking to you both. Yeah, thanks so much. Great talking to you. <laughs>